What's up, guys? I'm back. Uh, sorry for the long time no talk. I was on a work trip. It was my first work trip. Went up to Buffalo for like a week. It was a good time. Had a lot of fun. Uh, it was cold, though. So, yep, we're back. Um, we missed a week of free agency. If you want to check in on my thoughts on free agency, that's on the blog, commissioner-corner.com. Pretty sure if you look it up, just Commissioner Corner. I'm sure you'll find it just fine. Um, it's also on my Twitter. It's now at Carson Collier underscore. Um, so you can look at that too. Um, yeah, today, not much going on. We're going to, I have some bold predictions. We're going to just throw out 10 bold predictions for next season. Um, just kind of add some thoughts. I was just thinking about some wild stuff that could happen next year. I'm not even sure if I believe that all of this stuff is going to actually happen, but no, we're just going to. We're going to put it out there just in case it happens so I can say that I'm right. And if it's wrong, I'm like, well, I didn't actually, you know, it was just trying to, you know, it was doing it for clicks. Um, I'll probably be traveling a little bit again at the end of this week. So what I'm going to do is I'll probably try to record something tomorrow night and Tuesday night um, that you guys can't see it because I'm not on video. But behind me, I got my big board. Right, we're going to put together the first rankings deciding how many people I want to put in it right now I'm at 70 so we'll, we'll see what happens how many people actually make the list but that'll be a big bigger pod I probably will not talk about every single player on there obviously but you know we'll get into it we're going to talk we're going to talk some stuff you know drafts going to change things there's some free agency stuff that could happen that's going to move some guys obviously but just kind of initial stuff we'll just go into it um, so yeah, you can follow the TikTok, Collier Shop Podcast, follow me on Twitter, Carson Collier underscore. Um, check out the blog if you want to see the free agency stuff. But today, hot takes. Let's go. All right, let's get into it. Bold predictions for the 2023 season um again i don't i'm not planting a flag or anything like that here this is just things that i can kind of see a path or i can you know there's some writing on the wall where if these things did happen i'm going to take credit for saying that now if they don't happen again i'm not liable in any way or shape or form let's get into it first one first bold prediction I don't think I think Devontae Adams is going to finish outside of the top 15 wide receivers this year. And here's my reasoning why. I absolutely despise the fit with Jimmy G. I don't think that he has the arm strength and that he's not the type of player that's going to push the ball down the field enough to produce the same kind of season that Devontae Adams had last year. You look at what he did last year. Last year was one of his best, it, I think. What I think it was his best statistical season with Derek Carr because they're throwing these deep posts. They're just taking shots every single game. It felt like, you know, of the guy and like just looking at comparing Carr to Jimmy G of the guys that played 10 games last year, Derek Carr was seventh in air yards per attempt. So basically he was throwing the ball down the field more than basically all but six guys in the league. Jimmy Garoppolo was 25th. So it's a lot of the dink and dunk stuff, a lot of the, you know the checkdowns like your Debo's, your McCaffrey's, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you look at Jimmy. 
the only real elite wide receiver that he's produced in fantasy is Debo. And the reason that that season happened wasn't because Jimmy was, you know, carrying him or they were taking all these deep shots. Was, Debo was a running back. Debo had to become a running back because the offense needed that. They needed to put another kind of weapon close to the line of scrimmage around Jimmy. So, you know, you just you look at the way that the Raiders played last year and why Devon, what made Devontae Adams so good. There was a stretch of like three, four weeks where he was catching two felt like two 50-yard touchdowns a game. Um, I remember the one against Denver. It was the game winner. I mean, that was that was crazy. Um, but yeah, you look at some of the stuff from Adams last year. He was third in air yards. He had seven 40-plus yard catches. Um, that's That was tied with Tyreek Hill for the most of the league. So, I mean, that's you take that deep ball aspect away from Adams' game. I think we're seeing a different player. I think we're seeing a less productive player, obviously. I just don't think Jimmy is going to be able to hit those deep balls like Derek Carr did. I, I, and if we don't have those deep balls, I don't think Adams is, are we, we're just now you're relying on him to have like 10 catches a game and stuff like that, which I, I don't know if is going to be possible. Um, kind of on the long, same lines, the next one I have next prediction, I think Derek Carr going to new Orleans um, this is going to make Chris Olave bring him into the top 12 conversation, the wide receiver one conversation. I think easily Chris Olave will be a wide receiver one next year. Say what you want about Carr, whether you like him, whether you don't, whether you think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback like the Jets do, or whether you just think he's, you know, the 14th best quarterback in the league. Derek Carr can produce a, a fancy target, a fancy wide receiver. His number one option have past few years have just been incredible. Last year, Devontae Adams, like we talked about just a second ago, wide receiver three. Year before that, Hunter Renfro, number one target that year, wide receiver 10. It was Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro wasn't heard of this year. But, you know, when he was the number one option, Derek Carr made it happen. Wide receiver, top 10 wide receiver. Then, you know, two years before or two years ago, Darren Waller, that was the year he exploded. When he was the number one target for Derek Carr, he was the tight end, too. He was the only one that season that even came close to Travis Kelsey when it came to production at the tight end position. You look at Olave this upcoming season, it's going to be between him and Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is going to be 30, 31 years old now. So my bet is going to be on Chris Olave being the number one receiver in this offense. You look at him, he was sixth in targeted air yards. Basically, they were taking shots last year. They just weren't hitting him. Um he accounted for like 40% of the Saints targeted air yards. So basically they were, you know, throwing the ball down the field to him two out of five times, whether they hit him or not. I mean, we, again, going back to Devontae Adams, we saw he was hitting, the car was hitting Devontae Adams a lot. So, you know, he was top 10 in you know, targeted air yards. I'm excited to see these two guys play together. I think, Unfortunately, we you know missed out on seeing Henry Ruggs and Derek Carr. I feel like this is going to be a similar thing where you have the speed of Olave, where Carr in the Dome in the NFC South, better weather, he's going to be able to throw it down the field a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see them. So Chris Olave, top 12 wide receiver next year. Third one, third bold prediction. Um, I see this is this is where we get into the ones where I don't even know if I believe them, but we're going to get into it. 
I think there's a path for Mac Jones to be a top 12 QB next year. Hear me out. He started slow last year. The offense was being run by two guys that, you know, had no experience ever calling plays on the offense side of football. He had the big ankle sprain. Um, picked it up, though, a little bit after the bye. 14.7 points per game. Basically, we rounded up. We round up on this show 15 points per game, basically. Um, you put that in a full season, that's the QB 14, at least last year. You know, um, you look at it now, I think going into this season, he has the best weapons around him that he's had in his career. You know, they added Juju. That's marginal between him and Jacoby, but they, instead of just losing Jacoby, they at least filled the spot. I personally think Juju's better. I think the ceiling's a little higher. Um, and then, you know, they added Gusecki. He's a much more dynamic player at the tight end position than, you know, a Hunter Henry or a John New Smith. Um, I still think they add a guy on in the draft, probably going to, I think they had a receiver, and I think if they do, I think you go ahead and get Quentin Johnson if you can. I think that they kind of need an outside guy. I think, you know, the guys they have right now, your your Aguilars, your Bournes, your Jujus, your Mike Isekis, all of them kind of play the slot a lot. I think if you can get a good outside guy, he's going to be raw, and, you know, Patriots can't really develop wide receivers. It's shown that in the past. Um, but I think that if he – can some if he's you know if he's the outlier in this situation i think he's a good player because he's going to be very dynamic he's gonna be do be able to do some stuff that the other guys can't um some more stuff from mac just positives you know possible signs that you know he will be better this year bill o'brien's coaching him say what you want about o'brien as a gm he was terrible at that but he was pretty steady once they had deshaun watson it's just capable quarterback play in houston they were Top 15 offenses, just every single year, pretty steady stuff. Um, and again, anything's better than Judge and Patricia. You could, I'm pretty sure you, I think if you brought in like some, like, ah, no, I'm not going to say that. Um, and then you just look at the quarterback landscape. You got your top four guys, your Mahomes, Allen, Hertz, Joe Burrows. Like those are going to be the kind of four guys at the top, you know, probably for the next five years or something like that. Then after that, you get your Justin Fields, your Lamars, your Trevor Lawrence's. We'll get into him later. Um, then, you know, your Daniel Jones. I, I throw Jones in there just because he runs the ball a lot. But right now you have eight guys kind of that you're going to pencil in as top 12. Like I, as long as all those guys stay healthy, they're going to be top 12 guys. After that, a lot of question marks. Like let, we just go through them. Tua. Is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to, you know, not have three concussions? I mean, I hope he doesn't. I like, you know, the league's more fun when he plays because then you get all the kind of the two and on stuff on Twitter and people going back and forth. I hope he plays. I hope he does. But at the same time, it's kind of a concern. Even without the concussions, we got to remember he missed his whole first year because of that hip thing. So, you know, that's that's going to be a question. Gino and Jared Goff, are they going to just play as well as they did last year? History shows, I mean, you know, Gino had a breakout year. Golf, one of his better years. I, We'll see what happens. They're not kind of the highest ceiling guys, though. If I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Golf. I just like their coordinator a little better. Um, then keep going. Aaron Rodgers is just old. He's probably going to be a Jet, if we're being real. He's not going to go to OTAs. He's not going to, you know, 
mend with the young guys. He's going to just keep throwing to his Randall Cobbs, his Alan Lazards. He also has Nate Hackett calling plays, who's proven Hackett cannot coach. It's like the it's like the Stephen A. thing when he um, talks about Kwame Brown. He can't play, but no, it's he can't coach. Okay, that was bad. Um, then keep going, Kyler. He's going to miss time. Dak, I, I think he could bounce back, but we're going to have McCarthy call in plays probably. And I don't feel great about that. Um, Derek Carr, I think he's going to he's going to help Lave, but I don't think he he's never really even the year when he was before he like broke his leg when he was kind of like in the mix to win an MVP, he was at, I think he was only the QB six or something like that. So it's, he wasn't like lighting the world on fire. He's normally going to be in the 12, 15 range. And then Russell Wilson might just suck. We'll see. Um, from the stuff you hear about like Sean Payton leaking things, I think that he just, they might just hate him. And he might just be bad still. So we'll see. I mean, if Mac basically has to add three points a game, in fantasy and he's at 18 if he gets to 18 points a game then it's almost it's almost a guarantee that he's going to be a top 12 quarterback so i think i think there's a roadmap where mac jones is a top 12 quarterback this year also you throw in the fact just kind of game script that division is going to be really good especially if rogers goes there so they could get into some shootouts like that's three on paper three really good offense they're gonna have to throw the ball a lot so i think mac jones God, I, it feels weird to say. I think Mac Jones could be a top 12 fantasy quarterback next year. Um, kind of staying with the Patriots. I think there's a lot of kind of discourse on Ramondre Stevenson next year. And just everybody th- everybody's like, oh, he's a Patriots running back. Sell high. They always suck. They always like they never last all this stuff. I wrote about this on my blog on Commissioner Corner. Go check it out. Shameless plug. Um, and it was one of my favorite kind of things that I wrote about. It was earlier in the season. It was actually, I think, the second thing I ever wrote about. Um, I think it was it was really just about kind of how Ramondre Stevenson's had the su- sustained success. And it's because when you look at past Patriots running backs, they, oh, they would always have two because they needed one guy to do one thing and another to do another. So, like, perfect example would be, like, the years where they would have, like, a LeGarrette Blunt or, like, a Sony Michelle who are the power runners. They're the ones that are getting the carries. And then you have James White, who's going to get like 100 targets and kind of be the pass-catching guy. Well, I think the reason Ramondre worked this year, and I think the reason he's going to work for at least another year, possibly two, is he does both. Like, you look at the stats. He has the most yards per carry by a Patriots running back, you know, with over 200 carries, like subtracting out the guys that had like eight carries in a season, obviously. But, like, he, had, he was averaging five yards a carry. Like, he was – basically the best since like the eighties or something like that. And then you look at it, 88 targets last year, 69 catches. Nice. Um, besides James white, that's, he, that's the best pass catching season again, since like the eighties for the Patriots. Like they don't have guys that do this, that are carrying the ball over 200 times, catching the ball almost 70 times, all that different stuff. He finished as the RB seven last year. And that's not like a coincidence. Like it, like, before it would take like the extremes on both ends. You would need either, you know, the James Whites who had like a hundred catches, or you need LeGarrette Blunt who scored twenty some touchdowns. But you know, Ramondre's in the middle, he does both very well. And I think that's why I don't see him just getting replaced. I don't see them just like pushing him out the door. So, you know, I you, you know, and you look at last year, the first couple of games he didn't start. Like it took Damian Harris 
getting banged up before he fully just took over the backfield. Um, again, we kind of talked about with Jones. They were okay. They weren't great on offense. They were 17th in points and 26th in yards. I think that kind of comes from the fact that that defense got a lot of turnovers, so they were starting in good field position. So, you know, maybe if they – that's kind of why I think that discrepancy in the positions. Um, I think the offense gets better. I think Stevenson's going to score more touchdowns. You look at him, he had six total touchdowns last year. You look at the six guys ahead of him, all of them had double digits. That was like Saquon, uh, Chubb, Derrick Henry, Eckler, McCaffrey, and I'm, I'm blanking on who the last guy was. Um, but yeah, all those guys had double-digit touchdowns. All I think they averaged 13. So they basically averaged double the amount of touchdowns as Stevenson, and he hung with them fantasy-wise. So... You know, they, you look at it, they, they added James Robinson. That doesn't concern me. He was a healthy scratch down the stretch. They were just, Zonovan Knight was playing, and they were just like, yeah, no, James, we're good. You know, just uh, so I don't even – that that signing doesn't concern me at all. Um, I think if Ramondre main, is able to kind of maintain a just a similar role, I, I if he's in the same role, I think he can crack the top five because I think the offense will be better. I think they're going to have to score more points. It's going to be some more pace. I think he might actually end up catching the ball more too, just because I can't imagine Matt Patricia and Joe Drudge or Joe Judge, excuse me, or just whipping up screen game. Like they're just dissecting, being able to do that stuff. So I think we'll be able to see a lot more stuff kind of like that. I think, I think that was bold prediction for Ramondre Stevenson uh, improving on his 2022 season. And then we'll do, we'll do one more and we'll take a quick break. Uh, if you followed the show, you know how much I love Bijan Robinson. So this one is not going to come as a surprise when I say I think he could finish as the RB1 this season, as the best running back in fantasy football. Um, you look at the guys, the running backs that have been taken in the first round. You have, you know, the guys from the 20s. Najee Harris, RB3 a couple of years ago. Clyde Edwards, Alaire, and Jacobs, they finished as RB22 and RB21. Um we can do a little revisionist history on Edwards Alaire real quick. Probably wasn't like you look at all the guys taking that draft and you look at Edwards Alaire, I think kind of him playing on the best team in the country with, you know, Chase Burrow, Jefferson, all those guys. I, th- I think that if he, if he went to Maryland, is he a top, is he a day two pick? Like, so I don't know. We won't get into that, but. And then you look at the guys that were t- running backs taking the first round, like top 10 guys. Uh, McCaffrey and Fournette. Fournette went four, and I think McCaffrey went eight. Both of those guys finished top 10 their rookie years. And then Saquon, his rookie year, that was the year he was the RB1. So I think I think Bijan's a top 10 talent. I don't think he's going to be taken in the top 10. I think, I think the Saquon things kind of put a lot of people off of the taking running backs that high. Um, but you know, I, I think that he's in that tier. I think he's in the Saquon tier when it comes to prospects. He might, if you think he's a little better, think he's a little worse either way, he's in the realm. So I don't really care where he goes. I think like you can make the argument that when Saquon was drafted the giants, that wasn't a great spot for him. Their offensive line was terrible. They had an aging quarterback. And so I don't, when I people tell me that I like, I see people on Twitter that are like, yeah, you know, I, I got Bijan. Like, they'll place Bijan in certain spots, and then you ask why, and it's like, oh, it's because I want to see where he goes. It's like, 
I'm like, where would he have to go where you just automatically turned off to him? So I don't know. I think wherever he goes, I'm going to be still all in. I'm still going to want to draft him. Um, I'd be floored, like shocked if he finished outside the top 10 this year. I think the upside is so great. Um, I think you just look at the running back group right now. All the elite guys are aging, like, you know, McCaffrey, Kamara, Dalvin, Derrick Henry, Eckler. All those guys are like 27 and up now. So just look at it. I think there's a very realistic path where Bijan lands in the right spot. It's full go, RB1 season. So we're going to take a quick break real quick, and then we'll do the last five bold predictions for 2023. All right. I grabbed some water. We're good. I I did the Lamar episode when I talked about that. Just quick sidebar real quick. I talk, When I did the Lamar episode, I talked for like 26 minutes straight. I think that might be the longest I've ever spoken. Just consecutively by myself, like no interruptions. I think I was like legitimately dizzy afterwards. Like normally when I, a little behind the scenes, when I do these pods, I'm like, I'll record a section, make sure the volume works, slap it in, throw a transition sound in there. I kind of edit as I go, and then I'm good to go. When I did that first kind of segment of the Lamar show, I had to sit down for like five minutes. Like I was seeing stars a little bit. So, all right, we'll get back into it. Uh, 2023 bold predictions for fantasy. Number six, um, I think this is Derrick Henry's last stand. I think this is his final, like this is going to be kind of his – riding into the sunset season. I think that this year is going to have a lot of ups and downs. We don't know where he's going to play. They we've heard some stuff about him getting traded and stuff like that. I'd be shocked if he got traded. Um but I'm going to do a uh going do a little house of the dragon comp. So if you haven't seen the show and you still want to watch it, I don't know if you if you haven't seen it by now and you still want to watch it, I don't know what you're doing. Um but basically remember King Viserys, the uh the older king the last kind of episode that he's alive um when he's got you know all old and crusty and like half his face is gone he's wearing like the gold like half mask and all that stuff and he's like kind of crawling to the throne he's like barely able to make it he's all exhausted and stuff like that i think that's kind of what we're gonna see this year with derrick henry i think this is how his season's gonna go um there's gonna be ups and downs kind of struggle a little bit I think the we're finally going to see kind of the carries wear on him a little bit. You see just like he's had all these years with like these high volume carries, like 300 carries, 300 carries, all this different stuff. He has 1,750 carries, so 1,750 carries in his career. That's second behind Zeke since 2016. So it's like I understand he definitely takes care of his body better than Zeke. Um probably better than any running back in the league but at some point those hits have to kind of accumulate and you know we're going to be looking at a guy or down the stretch it's going to be a little kind of like oof like that's it's not going to be great but I think this kind of like it's all going to come together and like his King Viserys moment is going to be in the fantasy playoffs it'll be like weeks week 16 week 17 and He'll play the Texans in one of those games, and he'll play another bad run defense in the other one, and he'll be like, Derrick Henry, his past two games, 340 yards, four touchdowns or something like that, and we'll 
they're like, he's back, baby, he's back. And then I, I think that'll kind of be, I think that'll be it. That'll be kind of a swan song right off in the sun. I don't think he'll retire or anything, but like that'll, when we look back on Derrick Henry, he'll be like, yeah, like he dominated for all those years. It's like, and I remember 2023, you know, he, he saved my season at the end. I didn't stop believing. So um, I think, I think he'll win people some leagues next year, but I, hopefully it'll, it'll not like fully cam acres, but it'll be a cam acre situation where it's like, if you're still playing Derrick Henry, he won you your league, but you know, there's a good chance there. He puts you off about week five. So I think that's my Derrick Henry bold prediction. Kind of just his last stand next bold prediction. I think David Montgomery is going to step into this kind of souped up Jamal Williams role. And I think he's going to finish top 12 this year. Um, I don't think anybody would really disagree. David Montgomery's a better player than Jamal Williams. I don't think that's a hot take. Um, I think he's got, he's definitely has more fantasy kind of pedigree. He had an RB, he had an RB four finish a couple of years ago. I think it was 2020. Um, I think also the lions kind of confirmed this idea that he's, better than Jamal Williams because they paid him and they didn't pay Jamal Williams. He's younger too. So um, I think, I think Montgomery is a good enough player. And I think he runs the type of way where he could kind of kick Deandre Swift out of the picture very quickly. And I feel like if he, you know, you look at with Williams, he was older kind of vet, you know, Swift was still young. They're still kind of seeing what they had with him. It once, Montgomery proves that he's the guy, which I think he will do. I think he's going to do fast. I think they're just going to be done with Swift. I mean, I don't even think they're going to, they're not going to feel the obligation to give him any touches. And, you know, like I said earlier, kind of similar to Jamal Williams. I think no matter what, he's going to get the goal line work. Um, and I think if, you know, if Dan Campbell and, you know, their group, they start to fade away from Swift. I don't think there's any coming back. I think that's the end of Swift on the lines. I think there are some people saying that they might try to trade him. I, don't, I doubt that. But I think also you look at Montgomery's a sneaky, better pass catcher than I think we give him credit for. You know, I, Fields doesn't check down a lot, so I kind of threw away those past two seasons. The last, you know, pre-Justin Fields era season he had, he had 68 targets, which is pretty good. Like, that's more than serviceable. Um, so I think that there's a good chance that Montgomery becomes the bell cow of this Detroit offense, this ascending Detroit's off. I think this Detroit offense is going to score a lot of points next year. And if he's the number one guy and he's getting that workload, like I don't, don't necessarily see him scoring all the touchdowns Jamal Williams did, but it's possible. Jamal Williams, like I love the tweets where they show like the yardages of all of his different touchdowns. It's like, one 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 two one 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 it's like there's no reason where he couldn't do that so i think i think montgomery is going to be a could be a better version of what we saw with jamal williams where you know instead of all those ones we get a couple of 12s and 13s so i think david montgomery i think we could i think we could see a top 12 finish for him next season um next one i think this is, this is number eight i i think the kyle pitts breakout is going to happen and I, the only reason I think this is because if Kyle Pitts doesn't break out this year, he's not going to break out. I think that's just kind of the mindset we have to have. I think well, he was sneaky. He was sneaky awesome 
his rookie year. Like he had second most receiving yards by a rookie tight end ever behind Mike Dick. So, you know, third more third most catches by a rookie tight end ever. It was just the problem was he just didn't score touchdowns. Like he he scored the one in the London game, and then after that, it was just nothing. And like it took it took until his second season to score a touchdown on American soil. Um, and then this year, Mariota was just abysmal. Like you look at it, he Fantasy Pros has a stat of poor passes, uh, basically just off-target throws is what I'm. I assume. 22% of his throws, Mariota, were off target or poor passes. Basically, he's within striking distance of Davis Mills, which is not a place you want to be. So, you know, I don't necessarily think the quarterback play is going to be drastically better in Atlanta this year. They already said they're out on Lamar. They spend that money already. They went and got Jesse Bates. So that money is gone. Like, I don't think that that's in the picture anymore. Um, so then you get, you either have Desmond Ritter who I watched him play, I watched him play against the Ravens. It wasn't, you know, wasn't earth shattering stuff. Like wasn't like this revelation. So I, I think he'll be better than Mariota, at least marginally possibly, you know, you know, maybe that 22% is, you know, closer to 17, 15, hopefully. Um, and it's either going to be him or it's going to be a rookie where, you know, they're probably not going to land Stroud or Bryce Young, but you look at the other two, Levis and Richardson, they're not the most polished passers either. So I don't think if, if they don't somehow, you know, get up, I don't think they're going to be able to get up to get Stroud or Young unless they get up to two somehow. Um, so they're probably going to, either way, they're gonna, not going to have a, you know, you know, absolutely kind of polished, accurate thrower of the football toss into pits this year. So, if Pitts is going to have the breakout year, um, you just got to bet on the talent. That's kind of what we're – that's the, at least my thinking here. At some point, they're just going to have to realize they're going to look back in their notes. Wait, we, we picked this guy fourth overall, so why don't we throw them the ball more? I, like, that definitely isn't how those conversations go. But I feel like at some point they just have to realize, like, this dude's, like, the best – biggest, best athlete on the field. Maybe we should try to get them – give him the ball more. So, I don't know. I think – if it doesn't happen this year, I'm out. Like I will, I will be completely out on him. I like maybe it'll be an Evan Ingram thing where he has like the one great year, and then there's like a four or five year gap, and then it's like, oh yeah, this guy's really good. Um, but yeah, if it's if it's not this year, I'm I'm out. But at the same time, there's a world where I look. You look up at the end of the year, and it's you know one of those situations where it's like. It's like, oh yeah, Kelsey was the tight end one again. Obviously, it was like, oh look at Kyle Pitts. He was, you know, he was only two and a half points per game less. So, I don't know. Kyle Pitts breakout season. That's, that's a bold prediction. That's a very, very, you know, kind of tiring prediction that I, I'm not looking forward to figuring out. Um, last two kind of go a little bit together just because it's the eh, kind of the same team. But that it'll make sense in a second. So one of them is, I think Zeke is going to finish as a top twenty running back. Here's why. In my blog, I was going over all the fantasy football, or not the fantasy, the free agency um, moves, and talked about Zeke getting cut. And I wrote that I was only going to buy if Zeke ended up in one or two places. Number one was the Chargers, just because you know. They have Kellen Moore, his offensive coordinator. 
It's a good offense. He'd mesh well with Eckler. I think that would be a good spot for him. Number two is the Jaguars. And I think the Jags would be a great spot because he is going to be able to do the exact same thing. He's going to be able to be the vulture. He's going to be able to, you know, ETN's not the biggest fan of the zone runs. He said it himself. Um, Bringing in Zeke would allow Peterson to kind of have like the quick, fast guy and also the big bruising guy um, go to a committee like he liked to do in Philly. Um, Just again, on the goal line, punching those, you know, short yardage plays kind of like he's going to be kind of Jamal Williams, but with, you know, a better back, like a, like a more storied history. Um, so yeah, if he goes to either, you know, Jacksonville or Los Angeles, I honestly, honestly think I prefer Jacksonville and he's just able to be a vulture. I think that he could finish as a top 20 guy. You look at like week 11 is kind of when he on the Cowboys kind of came into that role and he was the RB 11 from that time on. I think it was week 11 on, um, yeah, 13 and a half points per game. So if he's able to do that for a full season, there's there's not a doubt in my mind that he could be a top 20 running back. And then my final prediction, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to win MVP, and I think he's going to finish as the QB1 this year. When you look at kind of Doug Peterson again, his second year in Philly, we remember, Wentz was – he was the MVP frontrunner, and then he tore his ACL. Up until that point, when they were, you know, just dom, the team was dominant. He was dominant, and then you know he gets hurt, and then I think Brady won it that year, and then you know Nick Foles goes on wins Super Bowl, all that stuff. You know, now we see where Wentz is at, but you know, you look at all the stuff that the Jags added around Lawrence. You know, they add Calvin Ridley. You get year two of ETN. You get year two of Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram. You know, an improving offensive line. I think the team overall is going to be better. Um, the division is not good at all. Um, you get rebu- rebuilding Tennessee. You know, Houston and Indy are both going to be drafting quarterbacks in all likelihood in the top four. So, you know, you get those. That division is going to be bad. They're going to be winning a lot of games. Um, you know, you look at, you know, from his rookie year to his second year, you know, completion percentage jumps 6%, cut his interceptions in half, doubled his touchdowns, the rushing upside. He, you know, he runs like he had five rushing touchdowns last year. Better offense. He's going to be able to keep that. You know, that's going to be a sustained thing, I think. You know, he can move a little bit more than I think people give him credit for. So that number could even increase. Um, this is kind of, a, again, a bet on the pedigree thing, kind of like Pitts, but different to Pitts. We've seen Lawrence play at a very high level, see the second half of the Charger game, the playoffs. But, um, but yeah, I think that if, you know, if we see another jump, another big step like he took in year two and kind of like Wentz took his second year with Doug Peterson, I think we could be seeing a MVP caliber player. And I think, you know, if you're going to bet on a guy to win MVP, I don't think, I think, I think Lawrence is probably the best bet because Mahomes, you're probably not going to have the best odds. And then I think. Again, like Josh Allen, not gonna have great odds. Like the, the looking at the odds, Lawrence is going to be probably the, one of the better bets that you can make. So we'll run through them again, just kind of all, kind of in one spot. I think Devon, bold predictions: Devonte Adams finishing outside the top fifteen wide receivers, 
Chris Olave finishing inside the top 12. Uh, Mac Jones, top 12 quarterback. Uh, Ramondre improving on his 2022 season. So that basically means a top five finish, top six. Um, Bijan Robinson, RB1. You guys listen to the show. You guys know how I feel about that. I'm that one I'm very confident in. I feel like if I had to pick one, I would probably that'd probably be up there. Um, Derrick Henry, kind of final stand, league winning last two weeks, but kind of a rough full season. Um, David Montgomery, top 12 finish, Kyle Pitts breakout, top 20 for Zeke, and then a Trevor Lawrence MVP. That sounds like a Sounds like a Christmas list. So we could maybe we can get like a twelve days of Christmas song going with that at some point. Um, but yeah, we'll maybe we'll revisit this like after the year next year. I'll have to like star it in my folder or something like that. But yeah, that's those are the bold predictions for twenty twenty three. Um, we'll ha- again we'll have the rankings hopefully out at some point this week. That's gonna be a big big pod probably. So might even be a two part. We'll see. But yeah, so thanks you guys for listening. Um, if you like the show, five stars. If you don't, four. And then, you know, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter. You know, tell your friends. Got to get this podcast growing, man. Got to build the network. Um, so yeah, I'll see you guys in a couple days. Peace.